Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Even Stevens Ranked Podcast, the podcast for all things Even Stevens. I'm Brittany Butler. I'm Ethan Brim. And today we are talking about season one, episode 15, Heck of a Hanukkah. Uh, this is, I don't know why I had to say it like that. Heck of a Hanukkah. I just really had to drive it home. This is a classic, classic, classic Disney Channel holiday special episode. I think it's fresh in all of our minds and hearts. According to most places, it premiered December 1st, 2000. So thankfully this actually did air around the holiday season because there are some (laughs) Disney Channel episodes that for some reason did not air around the holidays. Yeah. And I'm just like, Disney, what is wrong with you. Why are you going to air this holiday episode in March? Just doesn't make any sense. And that's kind of what made it so elusive. It's like it wasn't always on during the rest of the year. So, yeah. Like I, I watch this episode now and I know it really well, but at the same time, it feels like I haven't watched it as many times as other episodes. Well, I know I haven't. Mm. But see, that's funny though. I think they played it so much during the holiday season and I loved watching holiday stuff. Mm-hmm. I looked forward to this episode playing every year. So because of that, I think... I committed it to memory more than they played it like every a year. lot of other ones. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was excited to see it. And I thought about it a lot like, oh, yeah, I remember that. And I remember all these things that happened and I want to see it again sort of thing. So I think that's why I remember this one yeah. like super clearly. Maybe I just didn't watch as much TV during like Christmas time. And then during the holidays, they would have a lot of like holiday promos and they would show yeah. so many scenes from it. Yeah, that's so true. So I think that's another reason why. I feel like that's how a lot of people remember episodes. Like when they watch it, they're like, oh, I remember this. But most of the it's time I feel like promo. it's from a promo. Yeah. yeah. Or like lines that we have memorized more than other lines. Yep. Like one I always think of is, Lewis, where are your pants? I sold them for six bucks. Like that was on yeah. a promo that they aired all the time yeah yeah so funny so before we get into it just want to read a listener letter we got this one is from lily and the subject is just saying hi uh but this was a really nice email so they say hi Brittany and ethan first of all the podcast is awesome i love hearing what you both have to say about the episodes and it's especially fun when you disagree on the rankings so i guess by the time we get to season two wait till season two lily will be really enjoying the podcast come season two she continues i was only four when even steven started airing but it was my brother's favorite show so i would watch reruns with him all the time when i was a bit older it has always been my favorite disney channel show At one point, we ordered a bootleg DVD copy of the series from some sketchy website Mm. because that was all we could find. It had been recorded on some British TV channel, so the quality was awful. Of course, we still watched it, though, so that's my funny story about the show. Uh, Needless to say, I'm glad it's finally been put on a streaming service. Anyway, I just wanted to say thanks for being awesome and keeping the fandom alive. I was super stoked when I found out this podcast existed and you did not disappoint. You've definitely inspired me to do my own rankings. Oh, cool. Hopefully more people will start realizing how great this show is and the fandom will get bigger. Keep doing what you're doing. Lily. Yeah, Lily, post a, uh, when you do your rankings, post it somewhere and and tag us. All right. The only ones I've seen are yours and mine. (laughs) Hopefully now more people will do it because they can watch them all. I'm curious what her favorite season is. Oh, that's funny. But it is a process, yeah. I'm telling you. Like, you got to really yeah. dedicate the time because it, it, it seems easy. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. And then I was like, oh. oh yeah. it's, <laughs> it's, like, it's like, this is way more time consuming. Especially you did an article 
about every episode. That was, yeah. that's, yeah, that's a lot too. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I just did uh, just one page of all of them ranked. Mm-hmm. The Boy Meets World one was even worse. That's like over twice the episodes. Hmm. That was ridiculous. But yeah. So thank you, Lily, for that wonderful email. We really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Of course, anyone else listening, feel free, leave us a voicemail, send us a letter, write us on Instagram, Twitter, anything. We'll read it if you want. Yeah. Maybe, maybe explicitly say, do not read this or else we'll, yeah. we'll take it as okay. We can read it. Yeah. But thank you for that. It's always nice to read these messages. So, okay. So let's dive back in. This episode has a 7.5 on IMDb, which back to generic rating i'm like okay i thought this would maybe be a little higher yeah it's also at an 8.8 on tv.com which is not stellar it's just kind of also average Mm -hmm. it was directed by neil israel who so far on our journey here has directed scrub day yeah i think those are his only two and written by dennis rensler Uh i have this episode ranked number 12 and i have it number six and i remember it being number six too yeah, me too. Again, I remembered it being yeah. number 12. De- what was his name? Neil Israel? Mm-hmm. He, it's funny because he did Scrub Day, and both of those had the famous football helmet. Right. Yeah. Maybe that's his signature. Yeah, that's his, <laughs> his signature, his director. <laughs> <laughs> Shia, you have to wear this helmet. Yeah. It's my signature. He's He only does two episodes. They're like, you're not doing your signature anymore. So. <laughs> no, that is funny though. Wow. I never noticed yeah, that. I just clicked. I just realized that just now when you, when I said script, it was like, oh, that's yeah, a fun fact right there. Yeah. So once again, we're pretty close with our rankings here. Yeah. I mean, there's only, I think there's only maybe four or five that we both have in like top 15. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is definitely, I, I think the whole thing about the IMDB rating you think that might have been influenced by that whole funny or die sketch where where it's like commentary and trying to be like riff tracks on yeah heck of a Hanukkah? I don't think so because because there's not that many IMDb ratings on like uh, it's a seven point five out of only like forty ratings or something. It's just weird that it's so. I expected it to be high too, and I saw that it was seven point five, and I was like, really? I know the Disney Plus synopsis, which like I said, I figured out. In order to see the synopsis of an episode, you need to watch the end of the episode before the next one. Yes. It make, which is so, like, what? They need to iron that out. Yeah. But I really did like their more detailed synopsis because they have the little sentence-long synopsis that's just underneath mm-hmm. each little episode when you're scrolling. And that one is Lewis ruins Hanukkah for his family by accidentally destroying the gifts. And they leave out all of the magic entirely. <laughs> um, so, so that's that. And then their detailed synopsis says, Lewis, having just ruined Hanukkah for his family by accidentally destroying the gifts, believes his family would be better off without him and wishes he'd never been born. His wish is granted and Lewis learns how badly his family needs him. Yeah, I really liked that synopsis. That's a good one. I think it's funny that both of those say the mention how he ruined Hanukkah when like yeah. the point of the episode is he that you can't ruin Hanukkah because it's such a like powerful miracle that happened, you know, yeah. 2000 years ago or whatever. Like, yeah, even Booby Rose says, listen to the ego on this kid. Like he thinks yeah. he can ruin a holiday, you know, you said Booby. Yeah. Nida. <laughs> he did it on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I feel like this would be an episode and I love this episode and I don't agree with this notion but I think this might be an episode that wouldn't have been made because of how it's like religious huh. now on, on like a kid's show. 
like, can you imagine the episode being like Christmas is because Jesus was born and like, I just can't imagine that happening either on yeah. like telling the backstory of a religious holiday. Yeah. I mean like this day and age because everything's like politically correct and stuff now. And I don't think that that's right, but I, because I think that like we should learn about yeah. religions, whether it's our religion or other religions and like, but I think that I just can't see it happening. I mean, I might be wrong. I'm not as in touch with like modern kids shows, I guess, but I just can't see yeah. it happening. I don't know. I never really thought about it. But I think when they say ruins Hanukkah, I think they just mean yeah, like I know. in a like at the you know at, at like the beginning in, like, a, in a material sense, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the IMDb synopsis, of course, which I got a laugh out of this. I <laughs> again written by ten year olds. I don't know what's going on with IMDb. Yeah. So it says it's Hanukkah in the Stevens home. Only in the Stevens home. Only in the Stevens home. That's where it is. Hanukkah is in the Stevens home. Yes. In two thousand, that's where it is, everybody. Um. And Lewis can't wait to get his eight days of presents. Here we go. I love this. He sneaks them upstairs and out his bedroom window. (laughs) (laughs) I have a great idea. I'm going to sneak all these presents out my window. (laughs) Upstairs and out the window. Um, Smashing them to pieces. Knowing he is an outsider, a spirit grants his wish. First of all, what wish? (laughs) Wait, knowing he's an outsider? (laughs) Yeah, and he didn't make a wish. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I guess technically he kind of wishes he was never born. Yeah, so I guess she grants him the wish. But I just love the way, like, it gives you no no explanation for anything, though. It just says, knowing he is an outsider, a spirit grants his wish. What wish? Knowing he's an outsider, (laughs) yeah, but... Those two things have nothing to do with each other, too. Like, exactly. knowing he's an outsider. It's just the way they jump around just from statement to statement yeah. to statement in the just in the That's synopsis. So That's true. They should, they like, they could have said, you know, similar to It's a Wonderful Life or like that. Yeah. Like, because that would have just mm-hmm. like wrapped it all up, you know? Mm hmm. Doesn't make any sense when you read it. It's so That's funny. That's so funny. I love the IMDb ones. They're very, very funny. Um, anyway, yeah. So we all know what this episode's about. It's a good one. It's a classic. Uh, so general thoughts, my general thoughts literally start with such a classic. It was always fresh in my memory and one of my favorite holiday specials as a kid. Um, it continues Lewis's struggle of feeling like an outsider in his family. But I said the It's a Wonderful Life trope works organically here because of that. Yeah. Because you know how like some other shows will just use it because it's like, yeah. oh, let's, let's just use the trope. Yeah. But in this one, it was like, well, Lewis already feels like yeah. he doesn't really belong. Long and it's so good. So once it comes that time, and well, I was a screw up, so I guess you know I was a screw up again, and so it just makes sense that because he already probably already feels that way, you know. Yeah. And so like he just happens to say it on the holidays, and now it's like okay. Well, and it's put onto the next level because now it's like, if you see it as ruining a holiday, I mean, you know how mm-hmm. it's that's like a thing. Oh, you ruined Christmas, or you, you mm-hmm. know. He literally smashed all the presents. It's so this storyline was perfect for this yeah. series just because of that underlining theme of Lewis is an outsider in his own family, and yeah, it's just perfect. Yeah, and like the other shows will use this, and they'll just bring the conflict just for that episode. Yeah, and then it'll be like he doesn't normally feel like this. Like, why is he just being weird? Exactly. Like, but this one, it's like 
okay, I get it because he always feels like this anyway. Yeah. That's another reason why I feel like a lot of other holiday specials are forgettable in in some ways. Like, because they're just Mm -hmm. like a holiday special for the sake of a holiday special. But this one had weight to it because of, you know, how we already know Lewis to be. It fit into the concept of the series as a whole. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's another reason why I said it's a holiday special, but it still manages to feel like a regular episode to a yeah. degree because of that stuff. Yeah, exactly. I said, it's funny, heartwarming, and educational without being preachy. Yeah. And brings its own unique Even Stevens flavor to the It's a Wonderful Life thing. And everyone is on point. Donna, Pascal's Bubby Rose is really great. Yes. And overall, the whole thing is just really engaging. But yeah, I really, the educational without being preachy, I really like. Because it's like, yeah, like they do tell us the story of Hanukkah, but it's in like this casual way. It's not like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. They just kind of say it and that's it. Like, well, and it's also pertinent to the concept, like how she says, you're not going to, you can't ruin a holiday because this, there's so much more meaning to the holiday than just smash presents. Yeah. And it, obviously we see that at the end, the family realizes that too, but mm-hmm. you have to kind of get that story about like the miracle and all that stuff yeah. in order for you to really understand how narcissistic the whole concept of yeah. ruining the holiday is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're general. You have any? I mean, yeah, I, I pretty much said it. Um, just piggybacking on what you were saying, even just from a service level, like the comedy is so good in this episode mm-hmm. too. Like it's so funny. I had a hard time picking like a favorite line and even like a favorite character. Cause I think everyone's just really good here, mm-hmm. especially Donnie. I mean, I mean we <laughs> see he's just so good in his new character that just for this Mm -hmm. episode really good episode number six i mean obviously i like it but yeah number 12 so i guess we can get into the plot points Uh, so let's do it first starts off lewis rummaging through ren's closet (laughs) crawl space or whatever for the hanukkah gifts oh yeah this is something i forgot i didn't notice this on disney plus but before this episode always used to look like it was filmed 60 frames per second yeah it's so like bright and like bold is that what you're talking about no it feels like it's filmed like a soap opera like you know the way soap operas look yeah how it kind of has like that matte feel to it no and and they're they're just like super still and smooth and like oh okay i see what you're saying yeah yeah. like that 60 frames per second thing like the tv rips it looks like this episode was filmed that way and no other episode in the series does and I always thought of that, but I didn't notice. I didn't notice it this time on Disney Plus. But this episode also, it looks like it's um, slanted. It's like weird. There's definitely some artistic stuff going on, especially when he goes into the alternate reality. Mm-hmm. There's like a glow to it, like this gold hue. I thought that's what you're referring to. Yeah, yeah, no. It feels dreamlike. Definitely, that's a good job. But even just before he goes into that part of the episode, it yeah. kind of has like a weird feel to it that's different than normal episodes. Anyway, so Lewis is like, oh, yeah, this would, this, you know, would be a great place to hide the Hanukkah presents up here. And Ren's like, give it up, Lewis. You're never going to find them. And there's that good quote where he's like, see, look, this is how I see it. We get one gift for each night of Hanukkah. There are three of us and eight nights. So that makes... Who cares? Doesn't matter. I don't do math on Hanukkah. He ends up messing things up 
So he sits on Ren's bed with his hands covered in dust, uh, gets it all over her white bedspread. Then he stands up and knocks over her soda on her books and then knocks over her corkboard. And- <laughs> She's so concerned about the soda, by the way, not the fact that it's all over her books and her desk and stuff. Well, she says that after. She goes, my soda, my books. Know, that's the first thing she re- she thinks is her soda, though. So then he's like, me, me, me. That's all I ever get from you. And then he runs into Donnie's room messes up more things <laughs> it's such a like kel moment like he didn't kill yeah <laughs> i remember i made a gif of this in my review when he runs out of donnie's room and he knocks over all the trophies he was fine he was running fine and then shia deliberately puts his arm out <laughs> he puts his arm out just not to <laughs> knock over all the trophies that's why it feels like a keenan and kel thing because it's like kel used to do that he could just fall over but he has to like take everything down with him like yes. a lamp or like yes. everything on the counter it's so funny you know i can hear it already right now ow ow yeah ow <laughs> like taking everything down it's so okay. <laughs> over the top stuff. so over the top yeah but it's funny too because when you watch the gif on a loop mm. you can see that Lewis only hits the bottom shelf, oh, okay. but all of Donnie's top shelves come oh, falling conne- down, yeah, too. They're, like they're all connected, yeah. yeah. That's funny. It's funny, because obviously that wouldn't happen, but for dramatic effect, yeah, everything's connected, and the yeah. top shelves magically fall as well. So, Lewis ends up running all the way down to the basement, and turns into a cyborg real quick, um, yeah. which... All right. I just, you know... I feel like maybe it's another show they do something where it's like they pretend like he's like a robot or something. I don't know. Anyway. I always made the connection to Ned's Declassified. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, the best friend Cookie, he was like a quote-unquote cyborg, like they called him that. Yeah. And like he had like his glasses had a computer in them. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's a good show. Yeah. I do love that show actually. But see, that's a show that's like silly for the sake of being silly and I still really liked it. Yeah, it's a good show. As a kid, I remember in my review I said, Oh yeah, just as a kid, you would just think, oh, is this a plot twist now? They're revealing that Lewis is a robot this whole time? (laughs) Just just Neil Israel decided. He's like, you know what? Screw what you guys, the canon you guys have established. He's a robot. (laughs) So what he's doing is we get it from like his perspective, looking around to different things in the basement. So it says like, dresser <laughs> like all yeah. like electronic like an x over it so like no nope. he doesn't even check yeah he doesn't even check he just knows yeah he, knows. he just looks at it it's like it's a, that's why i'm like okay is he a robot he just looks yeah he knows it's not in there the system tells him nope it's not just a comedic thing at this point he's like actually figuring out answers to things through this device and then the way he tilts his head around all robotically yeah it's weird and then like he looks over to his other side and then it's like luggage x not in the luggage he gets up turns around sees the trunk he was sitting on says lewis clean out this trunk or whatever and he's like yeah right which is funny because in the next episode luscious lou they do the same thing yeah that's right huh that's true hot tasty delicious brownies stay away lewis yeah and again he's like yeah right that's funny they do that Mm -hmm. you know they were trying that reverse psychology thing there and it almost works but Lewis is a little smarter than that. He's a cyborg, so... Yes, after, yeah, after all that process, he realizes, yeah, wait, that's the one place they know I'll never look. Opens the trunk. Ah, the music. 
<laughs> it's just so intense. The, the I love the way the presents are glowing. Like there's a glow yeah. inside the trunk. <laughs> there's like lights inside the trunk. I, I don't know. I guess I don't know how Hanukkah works with the present. I mean, I know you get one every night, right? Mm-hmm. I guess I'm thinking like how do 24 presents like fit in just that little chest it's well it looked like a lot of them were small they looked like they were small gifts yeah that's true were you ever a present snooper no i would just do the thing where i'd hold it feel it yeah maybe shake it and that's why i was saying this is next level lewis in this episode okay this is like the epitome of no self-control oh ridiculous so yeah he finds the gifts He tries to sneak him up to his room and he's holding all of these presents. I mean, all of the presents. So these are presents for like everyone in the family and he's just taking all of them up to his room. Yeah, he's he's like opening ones for Donnie and stuff. Exactly. It's like, I don't, like, do they have names on them? Yeah. Like if they don't have names on them, like maybe I understand. But if he's just opening everyone's gifts, like what's the point? I feel like he might not have opened them if, like say they were out in the open because then everyone would see him getting them and opening them. You know, because mm. they're already wrapped, so they could just put them all in the living room. Like the parents can watch the presents, because mm. then Lewis wouldn't be able to get to them. But because they hid them in the basement, he was able to like sneak them upstairs and out the window. He sneaks them upstairs and out his window. But yeah, and so while he's sneaking the presents, uh, Eileen is cooking, and she just starts casually telling the story of Hanukkah. And I like it because, you know, mm-hmm. Ren is like, hey, Ma, you know, you haven't told us the story of Hanukkah since we were little kids. And she's like, oh, yeah, you know, like, where's Lewis? Like, he loves this story. And, you know, I was probably trying to get a sneak of the gifts. Don't worry, he won't find them this year as he's walking by in the background holding all of these gifts. In the background. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so Eileen tells the story and, like, it feels... You know, a little bit like, yeah, they're teaching us, but mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like this is a after school special thing. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It just feels like, yeah, this is a mother telling their, the family the story of Hanukkah every year like families would do. I was never like too off put by it. And I also think it's interesting because this was probably my first exposure to the story of Hanukkah. Okay. Yeah. Actually hearing the whole story of Hanukkah with like the oil and how the eight days came to be, all that stuff. Like, yeah, this was probably the first time I heard that as a kid. Yeah, the Rugrats had a Hanukkah episode. I don't yes. remember it vividly because it was one of the, it only came on one time a year too. Mm-hmm. But I can't remember if they talk about the background about Hanukkah. I don't know if you've seen that one, but No, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I've seen lots of people mention yeah. this one and the Rugrats mm-hmm. in the same yeah. uh, sentence. Yeah. But yeah, so, and I do love the cut where, you know, after Eileen's done talking about it and she goes, it really was a miracle. We got to Lewis upstairs saying it's a miracle that he got everything you wanted. Yeah. You know, Lewis should really be here. He loves this story. Oh, he's probably trying to find the gifts. <laughs> well, don't worry. He's not going to find them this year. So, the Maccabees finally drove the oppressors out of Israel and reclaimed their temple. Once inside... They lit the oil lamp, which was never to be extinguished. But there was a problem. They only had enough oil for one day. Somehow, the oil lamp stayed lit for eight days and eight nights, which is why now we light eight candles for Hanukkah. It truly was a miracle. I got everything I wanted. And he opened all the gifts. And it's really kind of sad, you know? It's like, Eileen is telling this nice story about, like, the true meaning of the holiday, juxtaposed cutting back to Lewis opening the, the greedy yeah. aspect of the holiday oh, yeah, like he's funny. looking at the miracle as just like all of this material stuff the selfish miracle yeah 
funny. But yeah, it's crazy. Like in my review, I said, okay, how was he expecting to get away with this? Did you rewrap all of them? Exactly. Yeah. Was he going to rewrap all the gifts? Not worth it. Like yeah. what? And again, like we said, and he, and he opened everyone else's gifts too, clearly. Yeah, so it's just weird. This is weird. He might as well just stayed in the basement and done it there. <laughs> I know, and right? Then, and he was already hidden. Yeah, and like sorted through them and only brought his eight gifts or something at least. I do not want to know what I'm getting for Christmas. Yeah. I always tell my parents, I was like, tell me where you hide them so I don't go there. Because I don't want to know <laughs> Complete what they Complete opposite yeah, of Lewis. I do not want to know that. That's like the one thing Lewis and I do not do agree not on. Do not have a comment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I actually remember one Christmas. Looking back at it, I was such a brat to have done this because I know other people oh, no. do not get gifts on Christmas. Yeah. I was really little. I was mm. like six or something. Mm. And I remember this very clearly. I don't know why, but it was one Christmas my family decided they weren't going to wrap anything. Um. I loved unwrapping things like that was like the whole fun of christmas to me as a kid yeah it is fun yeah. you know what i mean it's like everything's a surprise and you spend all morning yeah. opening all these gifts and so i woke up one christmas and i walked out to the tree and i could just see everything in one glance everything i got oh, i was just wow. looking at all of it that is an <laughs> odd, that's an odd choice to not wrap something <laughs> Oh, now I know everything I have. Yeah. Exactly. Like in one glance. You didn't know. You're six, you know, or you're young. You're like, I'd probably be bummed about it. Yeah. Like, you know, some people Santa wraps the gifts and puts them under the tree. Yeah. Mine were all in my stocking. You never got presents under the well, tree? Well, except it, unless it was big. Huh. I had a massive stocking, though. My stocking was like five feet long. Oh, God. I was an only child. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like demanded a big stocking. Oh, that's funny. No, yeah stockings were always just for little baby things I got you, like I got little you. candies little trinkets yeah, little whatever stocking stuffers as the kids say literally yeah but that's funny so Steve decides you know to go looking for Lewis because he just missed the story of Hanukkah Lewis has all the gifts unwrapped on his bed and he's like oh god what am I gonna do he wraps them up in his bed sheet and I love the way when he's trying to find a place to hide it, when he goes to the closet, <laughs> that is so anxiety inducing. I love that. It's so ridiculous. Like whenever he opens the closet, it's just jam packed with nothing yeah. but clothes. I'm like, first of all, I don't even want to think about what's growing in there or living in there. Yeah. Secondly, that is just so much anxiety. <laughs> I can't even begin to fathom cleaning that closet. You could have put him under his bed. No, I, if that's what his closet looks yeah, like, true. I'm not even going to watch what under the bed looks like. Yeah, we've seen under his bed too. That's probably not. The yeah, they got that thing growing under there. Yeah. Two things growing under there at different times. Yeah, it's true. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, so he just decides to stash him out the window real quick and then act like he had a stomach ache or something. Yeah. And, you know, Steve comes in and he's like, hey, you okay? Long story short, the presents keep falling a little bit more, a little bit more until they roll right off the... <laughs> Oh man, I cringe every time. It's so painful to see all. Yes, I, I get so like stressed out during this part for some reason. Yes, they roll right off the roof and on to the driveway, splattering everywhere. And it's funny for some reason. As a kid, this is probably the most random thought ever. But as a kid, when it's just starting to roll out of his window, like it, yeah. like it's kind of like, uh, 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 like it's just kind of barely moving. And his his bed sheet is yellow. For some reason, as a kid, I. Th- thought it looked like a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I just gave him the most confused look just now. 
The ball of presents wrapped in his sheet looked like a chicken to me. I cannot relate to this. I don't know why. I just saw it and I would always think chicken. I thought it was more of a rooster, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just... To each his own. Just felt the need to share that. Um, That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> so, of course, the presents blatter everywhere. What was that? Oh, more settling? There's a pile of smashed stuff outside. Oh, no, he found the presents. Lewis Anthony Stevens, why did you throw the Hanukkah presents out the window? Oh. Oh, no! Oh, man. Hey, it's not my fault. We live in a two-story house. I have always said that I like ranch style. Right, Donnie? I Cut it out, Don- Lewis. Tom Virtue just, oh, no, yeah. That's, that's, I almost put that for my favorite quote. <laughs> I really love it. Good. It's so good. Because yeah. he just like, he says it so much louder than yeah. everyone else. I wonder if that was one of the things that he thinks is too over the top, but we really like. He would have downplayed things. Yeah. Yeah. But I was like, I love that stuff. When he, it's just so over the top. I love it. Yeah. Oh, me too. It's so funny when Eileen just says, Lewis Anthony Stevens, why did you throw the Hanukkah presents out the window? <laughs> like, like you made a conscious choice. <laughs> I love that. (laughs) I like to just think that she thought he just wanted to throw them out the window to see what would happen. Again, sneaking them upstairs and right out the window. That's just this. That's funny. He was feeling angsty and just threw them out the window. Yeah. Everyone's, you know, yelling at Lewis for doing this. Like, it's such like a dysfunctional moment. Yeah. Like everyone just yelling at him and him trying to like be funny at the same time and like all this stuff. It's just, it's really good. It's really good. And I love the way, you know, right here, they threw in that um, subtle line from Steve saying, is this going to happen next week when my cousins are here to celebrate Christmas with us? You've been trying to sneak a peek at those gifts all week. I don't get it. I'm a good person. I respect my family and I call my grandparents once a week. What did I do to deserve a brother like him? Is this going to happen again next week when my cousins are here to celebrate Christmas with us? Well, see, that depends. Are they going to bring presents? (gasps) I'm just trying to like the moment. Guys! I just like the line that, you know, okay, well, Steve's side of the family celebrates Christmas. Yeah, they get both sides. And again, like we've mentioned that before, that Shia is also Jewish on his mother's side and Christian on his father's side. Mm -hmm. So, just kind of cool little parallel. Yeah. Um, And it's just nice to see a blended family like that. It's just interesting. I didn't really think about the fact that if you are, say, Christian and you marry into a Jewish family, that, like, you now celebrate Hanukkah. Like, it's just interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. So, of course, Lewis gets grounded, and, you know, it's, it's, it's sad. Look, look, I got a little crazy, so I opened the presents. Come on, guys, seriously. I just, Lewis. I tried. Enough. You are grounded for Hanukkah. Yeah, she is mad, yeah. It gets dead silent. Because there's no justifying him doing that. And I, that's, mm. It's probably one of the most ridiculous things that he does, where it's just, mm-hmm. you can't understand what he was thinking. Like, the opening the presents to me, I've always been like, First of all, he's getting a present that night. I know. And he gets one every day. He just can't yeah. wait. He's just being greedy. Yeah, yeah. super greedy. Yeah. yeah, again, like we said, no self-control. Yeah. You know, Eileen is really mad. Like, and you can feel it. It gets yeah. so quiet. And then she's just like, you are grounded for Hanukkah. Yeah. And then, of course, like in Lewis's brain, you hear all the reverberating... Ren, you know, a goof that I noticed too is that she says, what did I do to deserve a brother like him? Yeah. But then in his reverberating head, it says, what did I do to deserve a brother like you? Oh, whoa. Yeah, you're right. 
I didn't notice mm-hmm. that. That's interesting. People on YouTube were not happy about her saying that, by the way. Really? Yeah, people were like, that was a meme thing Ren said. Like, a few people said that. I understand it's a brother-sister thing. You know, you say things you don't mean all the time. But, like, people were, like, really mm-hmm. upset about it on the YouTube comments. Um. Yeah, and then just, you are grounded. You are grounded. You are grounded. Yeah. You are grounded. Just, like, on a loop. Annika, wow. Like, I know. I'd rather be just grounded for Christmas. I know. So, one day. So Lewis is like super depressed now. He's flopped on his bed. The negative words of his family reverberating in his head. And then it cuts to a mirror talk. Yeah. Yay. I didn't remember them being this late in the series. Yeah. I I think in my review, I said, I think this might be the last That's one or one me. of the last it's ones. It's got to be one of the last yeah, ones. Yeah, it definitely is. I feel like there might be one other one. We got two in a row. But yeah, if it is the last one, it's a big one to go out on. Uh, yeah. It's a pretty deep one. So, Lewis says... Who cares? I don't belong down there anyway. I don't belong in this family. They'd be better if I was never born. Cue lights coming in from the, from the window, magical music, sweeping winds, and uh, suddenly a flash of light, and Bubby Rose has landed on his globe. And then, of course, this is where he does that iconic scream that's been gifted. Oh, it's so good, yeah. And, uh, you know, and I, I like the way it's a delayed scream. Yeah, like you can tell they jump, they cut it in. It just kind of seems like he's taking it in for a minute, and then he screams. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I just kind of like it. I think it might have been a result of the effect that they had to do and, like, cutting the two scenes together. Yeah. But it worked really well as far as the timing. So the vile really is flat. What are you doing here? That's the way you speak to your Bobby Rose. My booby what? Your Bobby Rose. I am your great, 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 great grandmother. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. That's a lie also, because if that was the truth, you would be a ghost and you don't look like a ghost, sorry. Maybe I should put a sheet over my head and go boo? Yeah, that might help. Uh, there's just so many great things, right? With the, oh, yeah. I am your great, 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 great grandmother. Oh, that's great. That's great. <laughs> it's also a lie. And then she just goes, boo. And then he screams again. <laughs> he screams again. One of my favorite little things is when he looks for her in between his box spring and mattress. Oh, yeah, he does. <laughs> it's such a good moment. That That's like, that's got to be an improv thing. Yes, I always said that. I just love it. There's something about it. Like, he's just like, ah, and he's like looking around for her. And he just looks in yeah. between there. Like, why would she be there? <laughs> this episode is killer, by the way. I know. I love it. So basically, you know, Bubby reappears from her little trick she just played, and uh, Lewis is hyperventilating. She's just like, oh, calm down. And he's like, oh, you know, I, I ruined Hanukkah. And like, yeah, she says, listen to the ego in that boy. Yeah. She, I, love, I love the way she kind of just, you know, she's telling him about their family history a little bit. Our family has been celebrating Hanukkah for 2,100 years. Right. You think a few broken gifts are going to ruin the holiday? Wait. Wait, how did you know about that? Well, I know everything. Well, well, then, do you know what it's like to have a brother and sister who are always perfect all the time? Hmm? And do you know what it's like to have 7,000 grandchildren and not one of them calls? Do you know what it's like to have 7,000 grandkids and not one of them calls? First of all, there were no phones when you were a live lady. And second of all, <laughs> you're dead, so why would they call you? <laughs> <laughs> 
I always think that, like, why why do you expect phone calls? You know, uh, spiritual phone calls. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Maybe. Um, but I think it's funny how I'm like, okay, wait, how old is this lady if she has seven thousand yeah, grandkids? I was like, I was like, someone was getting busy in this family. Oh yeah, yikes! How many greats were there? Like four or five. Yeah, there was only four or five, so I'm just like, that's not that far like back. Your great grandparents, like people, a lot of times know their great grandparents. I don't know anyone who has known their great great grandparents, but even then, that would be like maybe 200, little more than 200 years ago, which would be her where she was alive. Really? Probably. Yeah. Well, people also had kids a lot younger too back then. Yeah, but I still don't think that would add up to seven. No, oh, no, not it. No, exactly. It wouldn't add up. That's. Even if you had 10 kids and every one of your kids had 10 kids and every one of their kids had 10, oh, well, maybe that one then. You're, you're really doing the math yeah, right now. It, it would be, no, it would be enough. Yeah, five, yeah. Because you have 10 kids and they have 10 kids. That's 100 grandkids. If 100 grandkids have 10 kids, that's already 1,000 grandkids. Okay. So if 1,000 grandkids have 10 kids, then you're at 10,000 already. And that's only. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Welcome to the Even Stevens Rank podcast, where we calculate grandchildren. The Stevens family line single handedly contributed to the 7 billion people on the planet. Exactly. So then, you know, Bubby obviously heard the things Lewis said and everything. So she's like, okay, I'm going to take you on a ride. And then I'm like, oh, so where are we going? Eh, this is not exactly a ride on the ground. Yeah, because he says I'm grounded. Yeah. Yeah. I always remembered his orange fleece jacket. Yeah. It's just a really memorable look. Yeah, it is. For some reason. When I think of the Hanukkah episode, I think of the orange jacket. Yeah, it's true. And so she puts makes him put the jacket on because, you know, she doesn't want him to catch pneumonia when they're flying around the moon a few times um, because that's what they do. They literally fly around the moon like two or three times and uh, they look exactly like the the more you know shooting star. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know that thing? No, yeah, it, it does. <laughs> it's just the more you know. That's exactly what they look like. They're just trailing a trail of rainbows and light behind them. And uh, it is really funny just to see Lewis and Donna Pascal like hugging each other and flying with one arm outstretched. Yeah. Both of them have an arm outstretched just flying over the city. And I love the voiceover, how they're flying around the moon and you just hear Lewis, so uh, where are we going? <laughs> So, of course, they land pretty roughly outside of the Stevens house in an alternate dimension. And we don't know this yet. You know, he's like, oh, yeah, we're outside my house. (laughs) And she's like, "Uh, yes and no. And it is really interesting, right? I love the way her English, too. I'm going to show you what it was like if you was never born. If you was never born. Yeah, she says it another time, too. Well, you was never born. I don't want you should catch pneumonia or something. She says something like that. Yeah, so it's so funny. She says, I'm, I'm grounded. I just remembered, so I better get in, okay? How could you be grounded if you are never born? Oh, I was never born, huh? Then could I do this? That didn't hurt. But that hurt. Yeah, I'm definitely born. It was it was lots of fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely born. I was definitely I'm definitely born. He goes waltzing into the house like he owns the place. Doesn't believe Bubby yeah. that they could potentially be in an alternate dimension right now, even though she literally just took him flying around the moon. Yeah. So he walks into the house and this whole timing is weird too. He starts talking. He's already been talking. You know, then Steve suddenly turns around, waits for Lewis to finish talking, and then son. And Curtis hasn't even showed up yet, and he's already saying son. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Everything feels a little awkward. 
you know, Lewis is like apologizing and, you know, ready to hug Steve with open arms. Yeah. And then this freaking kid, Curtis, comes walking right through Lewis. And honestly, that effect is not that bad for 2000. Yeah, it's pretty good for a TV show. I actually was looking at it and wondering, wait, how did they do that? Yeah, it is good. Like when I was thinking of the 2000s technology, I was like, whoa, that's actually pretty seamless. I laughed really hard at this because this is why I love I love the score of Even Stevens with that swing jazz stuff because there are moments where it's just so perfectly accented and this is one of those moments so you know it's like this Lewis is thinking this is a really sweet moment ready to hug Steve Curtis comes walking through guys I know I'm still grounded and everything but uh I just had the weirdest thing happen to me son Who's that? Like you hear that, you know, thing. It gets dead silent, and then who's that? It's almost like the badoomch, but like their own unique version of it. Yeah, yeah. It's seriously so funny. Yeah, it's really good. (laughs) Because I just watched it again. It's the equivalent of a record scratch. Yeah, or that something like that. Yeah, that's the kind of purpose it's serving here. Yeah. Oh man, it works so well. Yeah, it really does. You know, he's asking, who is that, Curtis? And then Bubby, well, you was never born. So your parents, they, they went and had someone else. Yeah. Of course, Curtis is talking about all of his wonderful accomplishments. So we see that he's basically the polar opposite of Lewis. What did Principal Wexler say? Well, he said, because of my perfect grades and record-breaking athletic performances, that the school board has voted me best all-around student of all time. Oh! Did you hear that, kids? Your little brother is a superstar. This is the proudest day of my life. Well, I only wish I could do more for you guys. Best all-around student of all time. That's the most ridiculous line ever. I know, which is a definitely real award. Yeah. (laughs) It's almost like this alternate reality almost feels like more of a dream than an actual parallel universe, I feel. Well, yeah, I mean, because I think it supposed to basically be a dream yeah yeah, yeah yeah and so lewis is under the impression that this curtis kid is perfect you know and he really looks genuinely sad you know he's like leaning against the wall and looks super sad at the knowledge of this perfect kid being in the family if he weren't there it just makes him feel like more of a failure (laughs) and so the next scene they show a close-up on this family portrait because earlier in the episode they panned over to this happy family portrait on Lewis's bedside table. And that picture is actually really cute. If you look closely at it, Ren has Lewis in like this mm-hmm. lovable headlock. Yeah, it's a really, yeah, the headlock thing. It's cute. And then this picture with Curtis, the whole family is extremely depressed and Curtis is beaming with joy, but the whole family is so depressed. Including Steve and Eileen, but they've like catalyzed this whole culture. Yeah. By like the tr- how they treat Curtis. Like, like, like the kid is just a terror. Okay, so it's like the nature versus nurture. So he might just have been born like this bad, you know? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that could be it. That's true. And like, they're they're just all under his control. Like, they're all yeah. walking on eggshells all the time. That's true. I love Eileen's face in that picture. She just looks like she's smelling something nasty. She's like... <laughs> they're not, yeah, none of that. And you can kind of see it even in Ren and Donnie's faces before, like, before they go upstairs even. They're just kind of like, uh, okay. Yep. Yeah, so Lewis is sitting on the steps. Like, not the outside, just in the house on their steps looking at this family portrait and I love the way he thinks they look happy he thinks they look wonderful yeah he because inter- he's so blinded by yeah 
his own insecurity at this point. Another really hilarious moment here is when, you know, he's in the middle of looking at this picture and then Bubby just appears on his lap. On his lap, yeah. <laughs> like she's always screaming, like every time they land somewhere, she's always just like, ah! And she just appears and he goes, would you stop with these landings? I just think yeah. it's so funny. It is really good. And he's laughing while he says it too. Yeah, he laughs like, too. Yeah, he kind of he breaks a little bit. Yeah. And it's funny too because cause we know it's Donna Pascal and so it's just cute. Yeah. It's this lady that plays his mom yeah, the whole he's show. Com- he's comfortable with her already. He has the chemistry. Yeah. And he gets to see her be kind of like this wacky character. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. I love that part. Just- it's really good. No! Can you stop with these landings? Oh! I'm sorry. I don't know. Ever since I put on that last 20 pounds. Whatever you say. Look at him. Please, just look at him. This whole trip is great, you know? Because now I know what it would be like if my family never had me. They'd be a hundred times better. Thank you, booby. And then she goes, oh, no, ever since I put on the last 20 pounds. Whatever you say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every scene it. in this episode, just like back to back to back, I think is really good. There's no real mm-hmm. bad parts to this episode, I don't think. No. Yeah, it's consistent. And, uh, you know, classic line. Thank you, Booby. Classic yeah. line. You have it on a shirt on Redbubble, don't you? Didn't you? Yeah, thank you, Booby. Yep. Thank you, Booby. It's, uh, it's like a comic book looking thing cut out of Lewis yeah. yelling it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so he's real upset about it. And she says, this has not been my greatest magical journey. Uh, and, you know, snaps herself out of wherever. And then Ren goes running up to her room and she's very, you know, I'm going upstairs, don't come in. Not that anyone cares or whatever. And she's like, okay, where's this going? And so Lewis follows her upstairs and, of course, he realizes that he can walk through things now. So we have that little bit at Ren's door where he's just going in and out, in and out because, hey, I I can, so I might as well. I love this, by the way. I use this move even if I'm not going through a door. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That's a good one. So yeah, so eventually just walks into Ren's room. She could have been doing anything in there, but okay. (laughs) She's rummaging through her room looking for God knows what, her jacket or something, and uh, we see that in this alternate universe, Ren is a mess. She's this punk chick who has an accent yeah i know who are you and where did you come from like a jersey (laughs) accent i know it's kind of funny uh and we see that she has a boyfriend named spider who's waiting for her downstairs outside on his motorcycle my man is so hot (laughs) your man is also like 30 but yeah oh my gosh he's older than donnie that's happening, and Lewis is, like, taking it all in. He's like, Ren's a wild chick. He's so pleased about it, too. He's like, yeah. I know. It's, well, it's entertaining. It's like, what? Yeah. And then Donnie comes in. Ren? Not now, Donnie. What is it? I'm getting that feeling again. My tummy has a headache. Donnie, it's okay. No, it's not, Ren. Everything Curtis does is right, and uh, I'm just a loser. No, no, you are not. Look. It says right here on this little trophy, winner, first grade spelling bee. See? It's the only thing I've ever won in my life. Oh, let me hear it. Ride. R-I-D, silent E. He's hugging his little trophy for the first grade spelling bee. It's like a two-inch trophy. Two-inch little trophy. It's like the trophy that the dingoes win. Yeah. In this um, alternate universe, that is the only trophy Donnie has ever won in comparison to all the trophies Lewis broke at the beginning of the episode. So this little first grade spelling bee trophy is all Donnie has. He just clutches it when he feels dumb, which is funny because in this alternate universe, Donnie still isn't very bright. 
Um, yeah, I was going to say, I like how the characters are still kind of the same people, but just in different circumstances, like different dynamics. Yeah. Like Donnie still isn't smart, but because he has someone who's evil and seemingly so much better than him, then he kind of is insecure about it. And same with Ren. Well, Ren's kind of dumber. Mm-hmm. She's still like confident though in, in her own way, like yeah. enough to stand up to her parents and to help Donnie and stuff. When you think about alternate universes and how people change, it makes you wonder, like, how did the absence of this one family member yeah. make them be this way? Yeah. How does the absence of Lewis turn Ren into this sort of person? Yeah. I, th- I think it's more so the addition of Curtis that changes things. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, yeah. You know, if he's perfect and this and he's the only one anyone cares about, that probably would lead Ren to be more rebellious and not care and mm-hmm. Donnie feels inadequate and especially being the older brother, knowing the younger brother is now. Definitely. You know, more important than you. It also plays as a sympathy to Lewis where you're mm-hmm. like, okay, now like I do understand why he is how he is. You know, he's a little rebellious and he's like a rascal, insecure in a lot of ways, but it kind of makes you sympathize with why Lewis is how he is. Yeah. And so another thing, you know, with the spelling bee trophy, the thing that Donnie will chant to himself when he feels dumb is R.I.D. Silent E. R.I.D. Silent E. R.I.D. Silent E. (laughs) Just all the time is his comfort chant. And then Curtis comes in and starts berating them for being too loud while he's studying. Honestly, Curtis is so mean, but I couldn't help but laugh. Didn't I tell you I need total quiet when I'm studying? (sighs) Curtis, I'm sorry. It's just you're always studying. Then you should always be quiet. Hey, don't talk to her like that. Oh, what are you going to do, spelling champ? He's so mean, he, but I couldn't help but laugh. It's so bad. He might be the worst. Oh, yeah, he's technically a one-off. Yeah, he's the wor- He's worse than Jason Bagwell and June Marie. Bubby's technically a one-off. Yeah. Curtis is technically a one-off. That's yeah, true, two one-offs. He's the worst. But we didn't say as well, um, Curtis is played by Chris Marquette. Yeah. He's been in a bunch of things. A bunch of things. He was on Christie's Kitchen, too, uh, a couple mm-hmm. of few episodes back. Yeah, so while Curtis is yelling at Red and Donnie, uh, Bubby appears and kisses Lewis on the head, suddenly making him visible. And I do love that, the way she kisses him, and then Lewis just starts, like, itching his ear. It's, like, yeah. like, eh, eh, like, what was that? I like how it was a kiss, and that, like, it was so loving, like, it was, it was a cool moment, like, she kisses him, instead of just, like, tapping him or, like, something, I like that they made it, like, a kiss on the head. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was nice. And so suddenly he's visible, and I love the way your Curtis is in the middle of yelling, and then he does a double take. Who's he? Now you know you're not supposed to have friends over when I'm studying. Now I want him out of here now. So what are you? One of Donnie's little friends? I don't have any friends. I'm talking to you, twerp. No, this no. Uh, I'm. You can't see me. Well, what am I looking at then? <laughs> I was. I want to know what that would look like if someone just appeared out of nowhere. I know. They don't even stop to question. I mean, they do, but it's just funny. Like immediately, they just go. So who are you? One of Donnie's little friends. I'm like, you're not even going to question how this person yeah. appeared out of thin air in your room. Yeah, <laughs> he was not there five seconds ago. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, it's funny. It is. I don't know. <laughs> this is weird. I'm invisible. It seems weird. I'm serious. Look, look. I'll prove it to you. I'll. Look, just, you're going to be amazed. Oh! Okay, who are you, and where did you come from? I'm Louis Steve Vosaurus, and 
I'm a foreign exchange student from Pennsylvania. Tries to walk through Ren's closet, fails. Yeah, and then Ren's uh, New Jersey housewife oh, yeah. side comes out. Who are you and where did you come from? She says. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It's great though. Yeah. It fits though for mm-hmm. some reason. I mean, she doesn't have it through any other part of the episode, but it, yeah. it fits for some reason in this moment. I don't know why. Yeah. She lets it slip. Yeah. Yeah. So they're asking him where he came from, and he says, I'm Louis Steve Osaurus. Because <laughs> he realizes, wait, can't say Stevens. Like halfway yeah. through, he's like, wait, can't say that. Yeah. So Louis Steve Osaurus. Yeah. Because, you know, Stevens is, is a very uncommon last name. Well, I mean, it'd be ridiculous if he was telling the Stevens that he's also Stevens. You know, and he's a foreign it's exchange from student from Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. <laughs> a foreign exchange student from Pennsylvania. Yep. That's one of my favorite lines, too. And then literally that's all it takes for them to just be like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, because then he's just, all he says is, your brother's a creep. And then it's like, all right, we just accept yeah. you. Time to have a heart to heart. Your little brother's a creep. <sighs> Gee, you noticed? You don't know what it's like being related to somebody who's perfect at everything they do. Actually, I do. Really? Yeah. How do you deal with it? Well, it's hard, but... I think you gotta focus on your own good qualities, you know? When I was rereading my review, I really liked this line I wrote. I said, you can tell that Lewis is teaching himself the lesson as much as he's teaching it to them. Yeah, it's so good. I really like that. When he says that, it's something that I always used to think about. I still think about it, but especially because like I've said before, like that aspect of his character was something that was probably the most important to me as far as just like finding your place. Mm-hmm. And I think most people can relate to that. But that line specifically is one that I've always connected with maybe more than like almost any line from the show. And just that moment and the situation he's in um, is just really good. Yeah, I like it. But yeah, I just like that. I'm like, you can tell he's teaching the lesson to himself. Exactly. As much as he's teaching it to them. Yeah. You can. Like he's realizing it himself and he's actually saying it out loud. It's funny because after seeing Honey Boy 2, it kind of has like a a new meaning in a way. Being berated by somebody and then trying to focus on your own good qualities. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, and so (laughs) isn't Donnie's best quality R.I.D. Silent E? Yeah. (laughs) He's like, (laughs) he knows, he's like, yes, I know my good quality. It's R.I.D. Silent E. I got this. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's great. She's like, you got to focus on your own good qualities. And then she says, we don't have any. And then Donnie just says, ride, R-I-D, silent E. <laughs> and Lewis, he goes, yep, yep, yep there, you go. there you go. See, that's good. That's very good. <laughs> and then I can spit really far. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love his face when he says that. He's like, oh, oh. it's so funny. Yeah, and then him saying, you know, and you guys care about each other so much. I yeah. wish my brother and sister cared about me as much as you guys care about each other. Ren goes downstairs and asks Eileen if she can invite a friend over for Hanukkah. And Eileen, of course, is like, no, oh, Curtis is studying, blah, 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 because Curtis is a devil child. And, of course, there's that shot of Donnie walking, holding Ren's belt loop. Yeah, I love that. Because he's a little baby. Is it weird that, like, every time Donnie says... You don't know what it's like to whatever. And then I always expect Lewis to say, you'd be surprised. But that's from a different episode. That's from Strictly Ballroom. Yeah. No, I, I know. But I always expect it to be right there for some reason. I don't know why. No, yeah, me too. Ren wants to invite Lewis for Hanukkah dinner. Yeah, there's a whole other thing about Curtis, Curtis, Curtis. Like, I'm so sick of hearing this name because Eileen's like, You know Curtis doesn't like noise when he's studying. So does that mean that he's not going to help us make dinner? Huh? Ren! 
Curtis is the pride of this family. He's the smartest, the most talented. I'm gonna get my, my trophy. No, no, no. If Curtis don't help, we don't help. Well, very nice. How would it be if I took that attitude and decided not to cook Hanukkah dinner? Well, I'll tell you. There would be one little boy named Curtis who would be mighty disappointed. Curtis, Curtis, Curtis! I'm so sick about hearing this name! And she's, you know, dressing the chicken and everything. And so I love the way while they're having this conversation, Lewis is just standing in the doorway and then he just says, Oh, hi there. Who? Who's that? Mom, Dad, this is Lewis Stevasaurus. He's a foreign exchange student and I want him to come to dinner. This is like my, probably my favorite scene in the whole, mo- in the whole movie, in the whole episode, um, you know, where he's meeting the family yeah. for the first time. And it's just so awkward because they're acting like they don't know who he is, obviously, because they don't yeah. in this dimension, but it's just so funny. And, and I also love it because it's silent yeah. right here. Like with moments like this, I love when there's no music because it just amps up the awkward mm-hmm. and it's just, it's just hilarious. So it's just silent. It's just hi. Steve doesn't shake his hand. Hi. Uh, how, how do you do, Lewis? Lewis. Yeah. Uh, well, we would love to invite you for Hanukkah dinner, uh, Lewis. But it, isn't your own family expecting you back? No, I don't have a family. Oh. I mean, I have a family. It's just we don't celebrate dinner. Um, you mind if I help you with something? Hmm? <laughs> well, I was I was just about to put this chicken in the oven. I got it. Oh. 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 like i would like it if there was no music but this is a perfect accent for when the chicken drops (laughs) i got it whatever when the chicken drops and then they all just start laughing well they have no no laughter in their lives so like the first thing that happens yeah and so they start like slowly laughing because they're like wait what is laughter yeah uh and then they start laughing and lewis is like taking that as a good sign so then he just drops the chicken purposely again i love that it's like when you're trying to make a baby laugh and you realize you did a face or something that they really thought was funny you just do it again so then you try yeah. to keep doing yeah. it he slowly picks up the chicken again and then oh he just like drops it and then it just goes from zero to 100 suddenly it's freestyling is this he puts it on his head just out of control this whole time, Curtis is watching from around the corner like a demon child. Oh and I love how every single time Curtis is on screen, they play like Satan music. Yeah. <laughs> like every single time. He's evil. You were my brother. That'd be cool. I know you don't really, you don't get that that motif. I don't think it like anywhere else in the series. The Curtis evil motif. You pay more attention to the score than I usually do, but like the Halloween episode, scary story. Maybe some. Maybe they similar. probably use it once in there. Yeah, and so then of course the tur- the chicken is hollow. Obviously, this yeah. entire time, which is just funny. Of course, Lewis puts the chicken on his head, which is an iconic image mm-hmm. from this episode. You see that picture all the time. You know, he just pops up out of nowhere. Where'd the chicken go? It was here a minute ago. Yeah. <laughs> and then I love Donnie. It's on your head. <laughs> Although I didn't 
particularly find the Funny or Die video about this episode funny, yeah. but I did think this was funny. Lewis is entering hour seven of his chicken comedy special, wearing the bird like a hat to lead a conga line, a Hanukkah tradition. I watched it again yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, honestly, though. <laughs> yeah, like how long is this chicken act going on for? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and then chicken train, here we go. And everyone starts with the chicka, chicka, chicka. That goes on way longer than I remember, by the way. Yeah. Like, I was waiting for it to stop after just, like, three or four chicka, chicka, chickas, and it just kept going. I think every conga line goes on way longer than it should. <laughs> yeah. In the history of conga lines. And so, while this is happening, they make a point to show Curtis framing Lewis for stealing the family's Hanukkah money. Uh, so, he takes the Hanukkah money from this little box that it was in at the coat rack and slips the envelope into Lewis's coat pocket. So he interrupts the conga line. We have a problem. What is it, son? Someone has pilfered the Hanukkah money. Yeah! That means it's stolen, Pebble Brain! And Donnie again. (laughs) Yeah! He gets excited. It's very similar to, you know, you're being shunned. Yes! Yes, yeah. No son shunned is bad. Uh, um, it's like a very similar thing to the movie. That's true. Curtis, with his awful, awful things he says to Donnie, I can't help but laugh at this one either. That means it's stolen, Pebble Brain. You know, and then R.I.D. Silent E, R.I.D. Silent E, R.I.D. Silent E. When Steve is looking in the tiny little box that it was in, he's like rummaging with his hand as if he's gonna find the envelope somewhere deeper in this tiny box if he keeps rummaging. Also, that would have been something better for Lewis to steal. Instead of opening all the presents, like he should have just taken the money and spent it. I know I put it in here. Keep looking, it's gotta be around here somewhere. It's not. Here, Dad, let me check again. Oops. Oh, it's that foreign kid. He's a bad man, Mom. He's the worst. <laughs> the, way, the way he just does it immediately. Let me look. Oops. Like, what's the oops? I'll take Charlotte <laughs> over Curtis. But, like, why does he say oops oh, when man. he, like, is pulling it out of his coat pocket? Well, he accidentally reaches in someone's pocket. Chris Marquette is, like, saying this almost through laughing. Yeah. He says it in front of the family, like, he's a bad man, Mom. Oh, I'm a little baby. And then he hugs Eileen. And then immediately, as his head is around Eileen's shoulder, he just turns into a demon. He gives Lewis, like, this evil look. Reveling in his evil plan. So then it cuts to the family interrogating Lewis, uh, sitting on this chair in the kitchen. Where'd you say you were from? Pennsylvania? Albania. It's a small town near Romania. What was this doing in your pocket? Is that why you came here? To steal our presents? No, I didn't want to steal any presents. I just wanted to be with you guys, my family. What? You come here and dance with our chicken and suddenly your family? Oh, man, that line used to kill It's a really good line. Just now, Curtis is suddenly saying, should I call the cops? And I'm just like, uh, yeah. Like, I I was saying, I was like, if this kid appeared, first of all, out of thin air in my house, came downstairs, started dancing with my chicken, first of all, dropped my chicken, that was supposed to be my Hanukkah meal dinner, drops the chicken, puts it on his head after knowing me for a grand total of like one minute and all this stuff. Like I would have been already calling the cops. I would be like, who is this kid who just dropped my chicken and is dancing with it? Well, from, from Donnie and Ren's point of view though, they should still be like, well, 
my real brother is evil, so I don't really care if this guy stole the money because he's still better than Curtis. Well, they've known him for five minutes. <laughs> or however long the chicken comedy special has gone on. We, we don't really know how much time yeah, has elapsed. <laughs> could be hours. Yeah, and so he starts saying, he's like, no, like, Bobby Rose, come back. This isn't funny anymore. Uh, and then starts clicking his heels, which, of course, a nod to The Wizard of Oz. A very solid reference to make. And I love the way they flat out say that. It worked in that one movie. Yeah. I know they didn't say, <laughs> say what movie it was. Because he's like, there's no place like home. I want to go home. There's no place like home. He just screams. And I love the way the scream almost has, like, no emotion behind it, though. Yeah. Like, he just kind of screams. Yeah. <laughs> and then they zoom in, and he wakes up back in the right dimension and surrounded by family. Son, no! Son, I didn't having steal a bad dream! I didn't steal anything! Son! Honey! Calm down, right? Call okay? me son. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, baby. <laughs> hey, it's time to light a Hanukkah candle. Wait, you guys said that I'm grounded hey, for long, remember? Hey, that's okay. We all talked it over. We decided we're not going to let a few broken presents ruin the holiday, right, guys? Yeah. You know, guys, I'm really sorry about everything that went on, you know? It's mm-hmm. all right. Okay. We know. L- Lewis, you do a lot of crazy things, but, well, Hanukkah just wouldn't be any fun without you around. That's right. So come on. <laughs> Everybody up for the chicken dance? Hmm? What? what? The chicken... Let's go like... Come on! <laughs> and I love... Every- anyone up for the chicken dance? And then they're like, what? And I love the way he does the chicken let's just go like like I, he does that all the time like he'll start saying a sentence like the first like two words or three words of a sentence and cut himself off yeah and then cut to another thing he does it all the time and i just think it's so funny yeah he does another one that i always think about is in the halloween episode where tom says i need to get my eyes examined your eyes exam tom how many fingers am i holding up Two. Exactly, your eyes are fine. Yeah, he does. It's like a Steve, uh, like a Lewis Stevensism. Yeah, it's a Lewisism. Lewisism, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it cuts to downstairs. They're lighting the menorah, and it's nice, you yeah. know. And then comes back for the final minute bit. They're playing with the dreidel, and you have the dreidel, dreidel, dreidel. I made it out of clay. Playing in the background. And he says something I couldn't understand when he said he said. No one likes a dreidel diva. Oh, diva! I couldn't understand what the word was. So, you know, they're just Hanukkah, you know, they're playing with the dreidel. Hanukkah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's Hanukkah, you know, you know there it you is. Know and then suddenly, Bubby appears in human form. Just what? She appears in like a little jogging outfit. Yoo-hoo, uh, I was just out for a little jog. And she lets herself <laughs> in the house, by the way. Oh, true. Took the liberty of letting herself in. She's like 30 feet into their hall, into their living room at this point. I know, I know. <laughs> Took the liberty. Or, you know, she probably just walked right through the door. Yeah. Like, it, I love the way she, I just thought of platform nine and three quarters. <laughs> oh, yeah. Harry Potter, because she, she has the cart with her. She oh, just yeah. went walking right through the door with the cart. Yeah. You know, I was just out for a little jog, and I found these in the trash, and I thought, maybe you threw them out by mistake? No, it's no mistake. They're all broken. Really? <gasps> what? Oh! Ren's it... gift, it's in one piece. Oh my... Donnie's sports clock, it's not smashed. Well, how did you... Where's that woman? Well, that's strange. Bubby disappears. Lewis looks out the kitchen window and Bubby's there, blows him a little kiss. They have a little hush-hush moment. So was it all a dream? Who knows, you know? Yeah. He winks at Bubby or something and then turns around. So how many days till Christmas? Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. 
end of episode. It is a, yeah, it's one of the, I mean, there are a couple of like really surreal episodes, but this one's like supernatural. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's close encounters. But that's not actually. Well, Uh at the end though. Oh yeah, again, again, they leave you wondering, yeah. It might be. No, but this one, like, there's pretty much proof that it was real. I mean, like. Yeah, him going into another dimension and stuff. She was there in real life and her, his parents saw her and stuff. Or she just came to him in the dream and then she really was a person, though. Like, you know what I mean? Wait, no. What do you, but then she was there at the end. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, you know, he didn't necessarily have to go to an alternate dimension. It could have really just been she visited him in his dream. Yeah. He didn't actually travel around the moon. And, but and, the end, yeah, she was a ghost at the end. She came to life. Yeah. Yeah, so that mm-hmm. part was supernatural. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's the end of the episode. I've said all my general thoughts, I think. It's just yeah, a great me too. episode. It's really good. I mean, even though it's kind of off formula from some of the other ones, but it is a mm-hmm. very, as far as mixture of comedy and just the dynamic of the family, I think it does epitomize the series, mm-hmm. like as well as any episode. I really like it. It's number 12. I've always had fond memories of it, and I think it's a really solid episode. Like we've both said, it's funny, it's heartwarming, it has a nice message, it really um, drives the point home of how much Lewis really is needed in his family, especially when they all start laughing for the first time ever in the dream alternate you know, timeline. Yeah. If Lewis wasn't in their life, it wouldn't be nearly as entertaining or fun or whatever, you know? Yeah. Which they kind of say at the end you know Hanukkah wouldn't be as fun without you yeah it's a very cohesive episode like everything Mm -hmm. fits perfectly there's no like here's a new scene here's a new scene here's a new scene it's just like one yeah it really is just one long story pretty much yeah so MVP I jotted down Bubby I put spider um because I think (laughs) he really brought a lot to no I put uh I put Bubby too and I also like Donnie the unsung comedic hero I just think he killed it. Yeah. Killed his new role. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, but everyone was, was really good. Everyone Everyone's was really good. good but yeah. I think obviously this episode wouldn't really have happened without Bubby and yes. Donna was so great she in all the makeup it. Yeah. and yeah, it was great. So I guess time for some trivia. Is it true? Did you know? That for your information, is it true that what does that mean? So I pretty much just have pop culture stuff and some other random things. Mm-hmm. Um, so pop culture, the stuff I caught was, of course, It's a Wonderful Life is basically the whole plot. Uh, it's that sort of yeah. idea. The Wizard of Oz, of course, with the There's No Place Like Home. There's a little quote Lewis says and mentions Casper, which yeah. is an amazing line. I think that might be my best quote. I guess I didn't really catch this, but I guess it might be. Uh, you know, when Ren says, Curtis, 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 it's supposed to be like Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Yeah, yeah. I love the Brady Bunch, so I should have caught that, but I just never really thought about it. I didn't it. think about it either. And then something I just that I thought was just really funny, on TV.com, there's like a little section where you can vote for the MVP, and you know who's winning by just one vote for this person? Who? Margot Harshman as Tawny. Oh, yeah. She was great in this episode. That's ridiculous. <laughs> she won. I was like, okay, who voted? Who voted for this? <laughs> well, I think Beans is the best in Influenza. Yeah, every episode that he's not in. Yeah, so what do you got? I didn't have really anything. One of the ones I had was Chris Marquette was in the episode of ER that Shia was in, which I think is kind of interesting because mm-hmm. there's like a trillion mm-hmm. episodes of ER. Yep. And the director, Neil Israel, he directed Scrub Day and wrote and directed Bachelor Party, which was like Tom Hanks's first like starring role. And then mm-hmm. he wrote Police Academy. He wrote a bunch of stuff. 
Um, mm. Yeah, he has a really long career. And then written by Dennis Rinsler, who has done a bunch of stuff, too. With even Stevens, I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much all I got. Cool. So, I guess it is time for some tweets. Alyssa Weasley says, Instead of Christmas lights this season, project the Hanukkah episode of Even Stevens on the side of your house 24-7 to shake it up. (laughs) Then someone did a little poll that said, Best male-led TV show. And they did a poll. It was, Phil of the Future, Sweet Love of Zack and Cody, Even Stevens, or Corey in the House. Even Stevens came in third. That's ridiculous. I'm. That's not valid. Sweet Life of Zack and Cody won by a landslide. Not valid. And then Phil of the Future, and then someone quoted it, though, and said, basically, why Even Stevens should have won. They said, Even Stevens had a Hanukkah episode and gave us Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> yeah, I think Corey in the House is the clear winner there. So then Kathleen says in all caps, and I think she means unambiguously, but, okay. Remember how the Stevens family from Even Stevens was ambiguously Jewish that made my childhood, oh my God, and the Hanukkah episode of Rugrats? So I'm like, they weren't ambiguously Jewish. They were pretty saying, yeah, let's light yeah. the menorah. This is Hanukkah. <laughs> yeah, I think that was, I think maybe she was going for a different word there. Because, you know, sometimes it'll be like, oh, let's kind of hint at someone being Jewish, yeah. but that would be ambiguously sure. Jewish. Yeah. I think she meant to say unambiguously. Like explicitly Jewish, yeah. Uh, Maya Brooks says, I learned more about Hanukkah from Full Court Miracle and even Stevens than I've known about it in my whole life. Remember that movie? <laughs> there was an ad for it on the bottom scroll of the copy that I have. That's perfect. Oh, man. Let's see. This guy wrote two tweets about this within two months of each other. <laughs> he was really having feelings about this episode. Wow. Um, so first he said, you know why even Stevens was awesome? They had a Hanukkah episode. As much as I love Christmas, Christmas specials are getting old. And then two months later, he said, number one reason why even Stevens was one of the best tween sitcoms of all time. They had a mother effing Hanukkah episode. Hashtag F Christmas specials. Wow. That is not like Christmas specials. I will say it's like with the Christmas specials, it's easier, I think, to make a story story around it because everyone knows like the traditions so well yeah and like there's so many of them so you can just tap into a formula that's been done before but they had to try harder for the hanukkah special so this was one i just thought was ridiculous so laney murphy she goes why was the show called even stevens there were three stevens five in total nothing even about that but it's awesome that they were jewish (laughs) wow interesting maybe that's why they had beans god to freedom said even stevens had positive jewish representation no one talks about that which is kind of true and i just thought this was interesting someone had pointed out that cyrus on andy mack is also jewish Mm -hmm. uh and followed in the footsteps more so of gordo who was also jewish and because andy mack's written by the creator of lizzie mcguire Mm -hmm. but cyrus his grandmother dies and her name is bubby rose oh really yeah and then there was some tweet to someone responding to some tweet that's been deleted. So I don't know what they were responding to. But it says, I used to watch Even Stevens. Shia LaBeouf played the brother. He did an insane chicken dance in some poor guy's face. What? <laughs> some poor guy's face? I was like, again, with people just like getting things all confused in their memory. Like, what? I'm going to do the chicken dance in your face. There is one more that is going to lead into a little activity I wanted to do. But I know you have some YouTube comments. So yeah, why don't go. you I just do. share those first? And then I'll wrap it up with this tweet. Okay. 
I just have two. One is from somebody named J. Quill Berry, and she or he says, Am I the only one who feels this episode is messed up? They kind of imply that if Curtis did exist, he'd deserve to die. Even though I don't like him, it's pretty dark. Oh if my you think god. About it, like, because that's the alternate reality, and they're saying that it's better if he didn't exist. Right? Yeah, Isn't that kind of right. weird? Yeah, it's better that Lewis does exist because if Curtis existed, yeah. he deserves to die. He's awful. Like, if you think about it, that's kind of what it's saying, too, on a different perspective, yeah. which is kind of, it is dark. And then the other one I have, it was a comment on one of those YouTube episodes, like versions where it's like zoomed in and it's mm-hmm. like half the screen's cut off. Yep. And one of the comments says, any way to zoom out? <laughs> I just had that. That's a good one. I was like, that's good. And by the way, speaking of 7,000 grandchildren, I calculated it to a way that there could be exactly 7,000 grandkids. Oh my God. So if Booby Rose had five kids and then each of her kids had five kids and then each of their kids had five kids, each of their kids had four kids and then each of their kids had seven kids and then each of their kids had two kids. That would be exactly 7,000 grandkids because that's six generations. Yeah, but that doesn't seem right. But then again, like, I suck at math, so <laughs> I don't do math on Hanukkah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Sorry. Wow. I, I love the way I actually could use that quote right there. It I know, was perfect. Yeah. It was a callback. Uh, that was great. That was really good. So the last tweet um, says... It's from Paige Kelly, and it says, It's midnight, but I suddenly really need to know how well I remember that Hanukkah episode of Even Stevens. You're the worst, BuzzFeed. Because BuzzFeed has a quiz called, How Well Do You Remember the Hanukkah Episode of Even Stevens? And this was posted in 2014. And the caption says, This episode aired 14 years ago. Feel old. Now it's been 19 years, and... Yeah, that old thing, it's not helping now. Yeah, I already just, feel Yeah, so. that's even worse. Thanks, BuzzFeed. I know. So let's just sort of go down the short quiz to see how well this would stump us. So for starters, what's the episode called? Are there options or what? <laughs> yes, there are options. The multiple choice is going to be the most entertaining thing here. Okay, yeah, let's do it. So here are the choices. Happy-go-lucky Hanukkah. Mm-hmm. That's the one I'm leaning towards is that <laughs> one. Heck of a Hanukkah. It's a Wonderful Lewis. Mm-hmm. That would have been a good one. That is a good one, actually. And a Stevens Family Hanukkah. Obviously, it's heck of a Hanukkah. The first one is the worst one, but yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. What do we got next? Where does Lewis find the Hanukkah presents? In a trunk, in some luggage, yeah. in Ren's closet, in the attic. Obviously, in a trunk. Yeah. But yeah, in Ren- see, it's interesting, though, because he was in Ren's closet. Yeah, he was in those things, so yeah. Throws you off. Yeah. Whose side of the family is Jewish? Eileen's side, mom, Steve's side, dad. <laughs> oh, I got something else about that. Did you catch what she said her brother's name is? What? Leo. Really? She said these, well, it could be, I guess, be her uncle, their great uncle. Uncle Leo sent you some Hanukkah cash. Hmm. Oh. Yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio. Whoa. <laughs> Cross reference to our other podcast. <laughs> have to do it. Yep. Titanic scene by scene. Hey, check, check it, it out. out. Um, okay, yeah, so obviously it's Eileen's side. And they sp- they clearly say that, too. She goes, the ancestors from my side of the yeah, family. And then they look back, yeah. And then Steve just gives a shrug. <laughs> He's like, what? What happened to the Hanukkah presents? They're accidentally tossed into the trash 
which that happens at the end. So yeah, Lewis spills paint all over them. Mm-hmm. Lewis drops them while carrying them up the stairs, and they break. They fall out the window and break. Yeah. <laughs> all very small differences. Yeah, the, he does all those things pretty much. Well, it doesn't spill paint on them. Yeah, there's no paint involved in any of this. <laughs> Don't know where that came from. So yeah, they fall out the window. Uh, yeah, this one always I forget. So how many greats come before Lewis's grandmother? Four. Okay, so it's four, five, six, seven. Yeah. So oh no, see, they got this wrong. We said four, and they told us the correct answer was five. And it says, Bubby Rose is Lewis's great, 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 great grandmother. And I'm like, no, I just watched the scene. Man, dude, they're messing with people now. People are going to think that they that they failed. I think I do remember taking this, and I said four yeah. after really thinking about it. And then they said five, and I was like, wait, what? Yeah, you're like, they're messing with you. What does Lewis keep calling Bubby Rose? Bobby? Bub? Booby or booty. Booty rose. <laughs> but it's B-O-O-T-I-E. It's like a regretful tattoo, a booty rose. So they put a picture of Curtis and they just say, what's this punk's name? <laughs> Chauncey? Oh, yeah. Curtis, Charlie, or Craig? Craig? They should have put Chuck. That would have been a good one. So obviously Curtis. Yeah. What is Ren's boyfriend's name? Spider, Riot, Cobra, or Skeeter? Cousin Skeeter. Skeeter. Uh, yep, spider. Did you read what her jacket, her, the back of her jacket say spider's babe? I couldn't read it. Yeah, I think it's spider's babe. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I can read it. So the next question is, Donnie's first place trophy is for what? Art, kickball, states and capitals memorization, or spelling bee? That's so specific. Yeah, states, states and, and capitals, capitals memorization. memorization. But see, that would trick you off though, like... Because that seems, like, too specific, yeah, too specific. like, yeah, that it should a lot be of times, the right one. Yeah, a lot of times that's like, oh, that's gotta be it. And, like, spelling bee's mad generic. Yeah. So then, where does Lewis say he's a foreign exchange student from? Wyoming, Pennsylvania, Canada, or Hawaii? Canada would make sense, but... Um, after Lewis puts the chicken on his head, what do he and the others do? They swing dance, they do a conga line, they disco, they laugh so hard, they fall on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Obviously, a they start line. waffling. Could you imagine that? Ha 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 ha! Collapse. <laughs> <laughs> they all just start collapsing. Who frames Lewis for stealing the Hanukkah money? No one. Lewis actually steals it. Curtis, Chauncey, or Spider? Who is this Chauncey? Chauncey, Chives. <laughs> I know, right? So Curtis, obviously. What does Lewis do to Bubby Rose after she fixes the presents and blows him a kiss? He blows her a kiss back. He mouths, thank you. He winks at her or he waves. He winks at her. He winks, but he does the thank you, though, in uh, Quest for Coolness. Yes. Yep. So whoever made that, I bet there's they knew that episode, at least. Yep. That's what I always think of. And then it's so stupid. It says, you got 12 out of 13 right. We technically got all yeah, of them right. Yeah, we got right. all of them right, so... Because they got the great, great, great wrong. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a little quiz I thought was funny to look over. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, not every day that there's a quiz related to the episode we're talking about. Yeah. So there's only one thing left. Best quote. So why don't you go ahead? Me? Okay. This one was rough. I was trying to decide, should I go with just my favorite or the funniest, you know, because I really love that, whatever, however he says it, you got to find your mm-hmm. what you're good at. But I think I wanted to stay with all my other ones and go with, thank you, booby. Oh, yeah. yeah. Classic. So I'm going to go with thank you, booby. Classic line. 
Yeah, so I think my top two are, for my first one, I wrote, you know, after the gifts fall on the ground and everyone's looking at it and everyone's upset, he goes, it's not my fault. We live in a two-story house. I have always said that I like ranch style, right, Donnie? But yeah, I love that because there's continuity with that line because Mm. later on in uh, Movie Madness, he says that he wants to move to a sprawling ranch home uh, in Beverly Hills or whatever, so... It's true. Lewis like has style. always liked. I ranch have style. also always liked ranch style homes, and I've told my wife that I would like to live in a ranch style home someday. Well, there you go. There you go. And my second quote is when Lewis isn't believing what Bubby's telling him, and he's walking into the house. Lewis, they can't see you. They can't hear Whatever you. Whatever you say. Give my regards to Casper. Okay. Uh, stay. I, please. I, give my regards to Casper. Okay. Whatever you say. Um, I love that one. And then. My two honorable mentions are the, I have a family, we just don't celebrate dinner. Yeah, I almost picked that one too. Yeah. <laughs> and then you come here and dance with our chicken yep. and suddenly your family. I thought maybe we would have had a chance to pick the same quote this time because there are a lot of really good ones, but mm-hmm. didn't happen again. But yeah, that is everything. Everything. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, We really appreciate it. Follow us on all the socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, evenstevensranked.com. Send us an email, evenstevensranked at gmail.com. Send us a voicemail, please. Uh, Love to hear from you. And yeah, I think that's it. So thank you guys so much for listening. And we'll see you in the next episode. See ya. See ya.